No one can dethrone him. <laughs> no one can defeat him. No one can depose him. He reigns forever. He reigns. Acts 17, you have it? We're going to read verses 16 and 17, and then we'll drop down to verses 29, 30, and 31. Praise the Lord. Everybody have it? All right, let's read that together. Ready? Read. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, with the Gentile worshipers, and the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Now, let's drop down, please, to verse 29 through 31. All right, let's read together. Ready? Read. Therefore, since we are offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Again, Verse uh, 17 says that when Paul, after he, be, he was provoked, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. Verse 29 says, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, I'm sorry, verse 30, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Today I want to talk on the subject, we cannot be silent. We cannot be silent. Father God, today we're so thankful for the privilege we have to spend this time in your word now. I ask you, Father, to speak from heaven. We come against any sort of distraction or hindrance that may uh, come from the enemy. We thank you that, God, this place is surrounded by angelic forces and that, God, this is a peaceful atmosphere, a clear atmosphere, a clean atmosphere. So the word of God can go forth unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. Speak now for your servants. We hear and we intend to obey that which you speak to us. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. All right, we cannot be silent. Hallelujah. I was talking about here over the last couple of weeks, uh, generational faith, last Sunday and last Wednesday. Do y'all remember that? And I talked about how every generation must build on a foundation of faith in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's important that we do that. Don't forget that. I encourage you, parents, or anyone, go back over the message that we taught on Sunday and Wednesday. Well, you don't have to, just if you get around to it. <laughs> It's important that we create and maintain a foundation of faith for the next generation. Uh, we were looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 3 when Paul said, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. So Paul talked about how he served the same way his forefathers did. Okay? 
speaking to Timothy about that. Then he went over in verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1. He said, I recall to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. And I talked about how it's our responsibility to establish uh, and pass on faith for the next generation. Okay? I'd like the media to pull up a scripture for me, please. Psalm 22, verse 30 and 31 from the Living Bible. Psalm 22, verse 30 and 31 from the Living Bible. When we get there, you see these words. It says, a posterity shall... I'm sorry, give me the Living Bible, please. I, I think I sent that. I know I sent that to you from the Living Bible. Glory to God. It was in my notes there. While they're looking for it, let me just read it. It says, our children too shall serve him, for they shall hear from us about the wonders of the Lord. Did y'all catch that? Our children too shall serve him, for they shall hear from us about the wonders of the Lord. So your children will serve God when they hear from you about the wonders of the Lord. So when you, <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, I learned early on, Elder Cheryl, that there was no Santa Claus. I learned early on we, there was no Santa Claus. In fact, it wasn't until I was in high school that we even had a chimney. My dad added a fireplace later on. but So I knew early on, chimney or no chimney, there was no fire, there was, there was no Santa Claus because my parents let me know there was no Santa Claus. And not that they were trying to say, you know, because we provided for you. My parents, because they were born again and served God all their might, they taught us the Lord provided for us. So every miraculous, wondrous thing that happened in our lives, we, were rec we, we recognized that God did it. And the Bible says that our children too shall serve him, for they shall hear from us about the wonders of the Lord. Then it says, verse 31, generations yet unborn, like the ones we prayed for this morning, shall hear of all the miracles he did for us. So it's important, now I'm, I'm, I'm getting somewhere here today. It's important that each generation hears about God. Hears about the wonders and miracles that God has done. Don't ever be a fool and take credit for what God has done in your life. Don't ever leave God to the side. Don't ever pray over your food and don't give God thanks. <laughs> don't ever go through a day your children get shoes and clothes and act like you act like it was because you worked so hard. I better come on this side. Don't ever act like because you worked so hard. Praise God. Maybe you did work hard, but if you hadn't had the strength that God gave you or the job that he opened the door for you to have. You got it? So it's all from God's doing. Now, so our children, Deke, must hear about the miracles God, God has done. Over in Judges 6, verse 13, you don't have to turn over there. Remember when God called Gideon, the children of Israel were in trouble, and God called Gideon as a judge to go and deliver them. And when, when the angel spoke to Gideon, Gideon responded in Judges 6, verse 13. He said, uh, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Notice this next line here, this next question. He said, and where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? 
So notice that the children of Israel knew they were supposed to be telling about miracles that God has done. God brought us out of Egypt. God brought us over the Red Sea. God provided, provided manna in the wilderness. God provided um, uh, 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 quail for us. God brought water out of a rock. God gave us deliverance from uh, King of Bashan and, and, and so forth. He, God gave us all these, uh, all these miracles, these wonders that he did. Our shoes didn't wear out. Our clothes didn't wear out. Everything we have, God brought us into this. We went into Jericho and a wall fell down of his own accord. You got it? They... They perpetuated these miracles, these stories about the goodness and the power of God. That's important. When the angel speaks to, to, to Gideon here in Judges, it's because the children of Israel are in trouble again. Again. And I want to show you why they got in trouble again and again. If you go back to Judges chapter 2, please. Judges 2. You can open this in your Bible. Judges 2. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Let's help you all find it. All right. <laughs> Judges 2. Verse 10. Let me know when you get there by saying amen. amen. I still hear pages turning, Barbara. <laughs> was that an awesome prayer class this morning or what? <laughs> Tony, I was saying, I said, that's my daughter up there, isn't it? I said, I, that's my daughter. I, I saw myself all in her. I said, boy, that's, that's my daughter. That teaching anointing is so strong in her life. It's just awesome. Great job. Great job, Barbara. Verse 10 says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which, which he had done for Israel. Now, how is it possible that they didn't know the Lord, know the work he had done? It's because some generation had dropped the ball in telling about God's goodness. Some parent, see, once they had overcome, we shall overcome. Once they overcame, Elder Rainey, somehow a generation forgot to tell their children how they overcame. So all they talk about is, you know, I went to school and I got a degree. I'm talking about y'all right now. Went to school, got a degree, and I got a good job, and that's how we got money to borrow for this house and borrow for this car and borrow for all this kind of, you know, buy whatever you did, whatever, you, whatever people did. And so now they, they, they make that, you know, our achievement, our accomplishment, as, and forget it was God that opened a door, God that made a way, God that brought them over, God that, you know, the, the civil rights movement, happened in the church. I often try to remind people that uh, Martin Luther King was not just Dr. Martin Luther King. He was Reverend Doctor. So it's in the church. Reverend Ralph Abernathy. These, these, were, these were men of God. Jesse, yeah, Jesse Jackson used to be a Reverend. Well, he says still is. You know, these Reverend is... Praise God. I'm, don't do that. <laughs> Reverend Al Sharpton, they forgot. Right? So a generation arose that did not know God. Let me get back on course here. Verse 11. Now watch what happens because we're going to go down through verse 13. Then the children of Israel, see, because now they don't know God. They did what? Evil. 
evil in the sight of the Lord and serve the Baals. These are false gods. Verse 12, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the suburbs that they moved to. The gods of the integrated schools that now we could all get into. Y'all ain't saying much. Y'all, y'all, y'all too young to relate. Some of y'all don't know we weren't always integrated. <laughs> so now they started following the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to what? Verse 13, they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. Now, if you wonder what, what is Baal and Ashtaroth, those are, Baal is a male god, lowercase g-o-d, a false god. Ashtaroth were the female version of the uh, god, lowercase g-o-d. So these were idols. How did they get into idolatry? They forgot God. They forsook God. Why? Somebody dropped the ball and didn't remind them that we already serve the only true living God. Y'all got it? So once they overcame, they started exploring other, other religions. Quiet as... Once they overcame, they started exploring other religions. They started exploring other superstitions. They started exploring other, other little teachings. Mm-hmm. It got over into idolatry. Matter of fact, uh, let me, let me, are y'all still in Judges 2? Look at verse 14. Verse 14, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, so he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. So they start going backwards. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, and so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them. Why? It's because they were in idolatry for calamity. As the Lord had said, said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly what? Nevertheless, now watch the mercy of God right here. Verse 16. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet, verse 17, they would not listen to their judges. I'm going to preach one day, Deacon, a message called the Nonprofit Church. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. That people need to, need to leave nonprofit churches. You need to leave a church where there's no prophetic word from God, where there's no prophetic revelation. Because if you're not going to listen to the, if you don't have prophets, the Bible says by prophet the Lord brought them out, and by prophet they were preserved. And if you don't have a prophet in your church speaking, a prophetic anointing in your church, then you are, you are wandering into the wilderness. You're going backwards. Here it is. But they wouldn't even listen to their judges, their prophets. But they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked. In obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. Are y'all seeing what's happening here? And when the Lord raised up judges for them, verse 18, and the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of, of 
those who oppress them and harass them. So God kept delivering them over and over and over again. Verse 19, and it came to pass, once the judge was dead, though, they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods. This is important, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm dealing with other gods here. Other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. you got to be pretty stubborn to have God deliver you and then go right back. Be in a mess and God deliver you and when he delivers you, you go right back. you got to be pretty stubborn to do that. And yet here we are in America looking at this same situation. I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands. Help me out. One nation. One nation. Say it again. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's the promise. Not the reality, but that's the promise. Took it out of school. Now, did you know, how many of y'all knew this? How many of y'all were born before 1954? Born before 1954. There's three of y'all. Some of y'all scared to raise your hand like, it's all right. It's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We want you. Do you know that before 1954, the words under God were not in the Pledge of Allegiance? So if you were already in school, you, you were used to saying the pledge without under God. In 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, by, uh, he was being prompted, and along with Congress, passed a bill to add the words under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. Why? Because at, in, 19, in the 1950s, communism and atheism were on the rise in the world. Russia was pushing, China was pushing communism throughout the world, along with communism, and communism is is a governmental form, the government that responds to atheism. You understand? Atheists don't believe there's God. So communism is government without God. It's man's way of, you understand that? So because atheism and communism were being pushed and it was starting to creep onto America's shores because we're the land of the free home of the brave. Give me your tired, your poor, your whatever, huddled masses. Y'all know the Longing, journeying to be free, right? That's, that's on the Statue of Liberty. I'm messing some of y'all up. Boy, y'all like, I was sleeping American government. <laughs> Let me see. Huh? American government. American government. That was 34 years ago, 35 years ago, American government for me. My goodness. Man, I'm young. So, so uh, because of that, communism and atheism were on the rise. There was a push that came to add to our pledge under God. And so those of you who were born after 54, we, that's all we know. Uh, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. That's what we know. One nation under God. One nation under God. Look at America today. 
We're one nation over God. That because of our open border policy, and I don't just mean the shores, but our open-mindedness, because one of our first, our constitutional right, number one amendment, is a freedom to worship and practice religion any way that you please. That's why churches are open today. Because churches rose up, even in the midst of this pandemic, to say, oh, you can't tell us how to worship. That's why government has seen fit, wait, wait, we better get out of that. That's why the new CDC's guidelines that came out this week didn't in include the church. So we better leave that alone because that's unconstitutional about the people's right to worship. That may, not, that may not be a big deal to y'all. That's a big deal to me. But that same freedom to worship has allowed all sorts of other religion and superstition to rise up in America. So although we by majority are still a Christian nation, yet to be a Christian today, you are almost perceived as an outsider. You are, you are perceived in the minority, yet we are the majority still. And even, can I just deal with black folk? Maybe not. Can I ask your permission? You're going to do it anyway, Pastor. Why are you going to so, so we're black folk. Whereas we overcame because of God and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we, even as black folk, are open to all sorts of religion and superstition and all kind of uh, false deity worship, idolatry in and amongst us, all in the name of Deacon being woke. Being enlightened. Third eye. One percent. Five percenters, rather. Now, we are gods. Black people. Now, now, now black women, you are, you are Obama. You are, you are God. Now, we got rocks and beads and stones, and incense, candles. What's that? Sage. I thought sage was a, was a uh, herb. It was cooked with sage. <laughs> you put it on your chicken. Yeah, necromancy is big in the in black among black. What's necromancy? It's worshiping the dead and it's encountering the dead, calling your ancestors. Can I just talk to you today? See, because if we 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 need to be aware of what's going on because it's it's a it's a um, reverting back to what we've been delivered from. 
And people will use this bunk on you about this a white man's religion. When you're a Christian, it's not a white man's religion. Christianity isn't a religion. Number one, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus never called us Christians. The word Christian was a slanderous word used for people who were called the way. That was the name it was called. You read through the book of Acts. They were in the way, capital W-A-Y. Why? Because you just said, I am the way. So they were called the way. They got there in Antioch. And the Bible says that Antioch, they were first called Christians. Christians would be uh, sort of similar. Uh, I don't know how far I can go with using terminology. But it would like, be like people calling you an N-word. So I'm not worried about being a Christian by what you call it. My concern is that I'm in perfect relationship with Father God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what's happened is we've allowed so many things to linger. The worship of the dead, worship of animals, worship of the stars, worship of, of trees, worship of the earth. To creep in and it's crept into the church. No, don't say that. Yes, into the church. That now even in the church, even in mainstream denominational churches, black churches I'm, I'm putting especially, now we're getting into, into transcendentalism and getting into yoga and meditation in the church. What's happened to us in the church? Why? Because what's happened is people have been desensitized. And in fact, I'm going to show you in a moment, have become spiritually dull. And many are spiritually dead. Christians, yes, twice dead is what Jude said. Jude said you, there are many that are in our feasts among us, they're twice dead, which means they were dead before, before they got saved. He said, now they're dead again. I thought I was once saved, always saved. No, he said twice dead, they're dead again. And what happens when you are in that condition, none of this stuff even bothers you. But I want to show you the stuff that's got to bother us. And we can't be silent about it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, we cannot be silent. Reason number one we can't be silent, Laquanda, is because Jesus said, if these should hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. That's what he says over in Luke 19. In fact, put it on the screen. Luke, Luke 19 and verse 37 through 40. Luke 19, verse 37 through 40. Glory to God. Luke 19 says, Then as he was drawn near the descent of Mount Olives, of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to what? Rejoice, Rejoice and praise God with a what? Now, isn't that interesting that around the country they want to tell churches that if you're going to meet, you can't, you can't sing, you can't praise? Do y'all know that? That in certain states, they're under governor's orders that if you do go back to church, you cannot sing. You can't sing out loud. You can only have recorded music because you're going to contaminate people with a virus if, if, if you sing. Well, we all can sing. We all dead if that's the case. We just... I saw the funniest meme 
uh, maybe last night my son showed me, last night this morning, about they showed a guy in one of those hazmat suits in a, in a, in a laboratory. You know how they dress them in a laboratory, how virologists people study? And the, the, the meme says something like this. This is how virologists dress to protect themselves from virus, but don't worry, your bandana will do it. <laughs> in other words, the people all dress down head to toe and all this kind of stuff, and they got people thinking that your, your bandana going to keep you from getting a virus. They don't wear bandanas in no laboratory. It's, it's just, it's nuts, ladies and gentlemen. Stay on the Lord's side. Speak Psalm 91 over yourself. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you and your household. And walk in faith. So, let me keep going. I didn't mean to stop that. Verse 38 through 4. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Keep going, please. Keep going, verse 39. And some of the Pharisees called him from the, from the crowd, Teacher, shut your church down. This is what they say, shut your church down. Them people praising you, shut your church down. Verse 40, here's how Christ responds to the shutdown order. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. So you can't keep the praises of God contained and bound. God must be praised. I said God must be praised. So if we're not going to praise and the rocks going to cry out. I thank God that in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Tampa Bay region that we could cry out on our own and the rocks going to cry out in our place. Second reason I want to give you this morning is that there is a cause. Why can I not be silent? Because there is a cause. Now, I'm not to my points yet. This is my, just my pre-points. <laughs> so y'all got your clock running. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26 through 29. There's a cause. Why can I not shut up? Because there's a cause. Look at this. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him. Now, this is David in 1 Samuel 17. He's about to face this giant named Goliath. Very good class. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine, this giant, and takes away the reproach from Israel? Okay? For who, for who is this uncircumcised or non-covenant Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who he think he is? That he going to shut down the children of Israel. Verse 27. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, before they had talked about whoever kills this giant, he's going to get, uh, his family going to be tax-free, he's going to be made rich, he's going to get a beautiful girl. Right. They was like, sound good to me. I'm going to be rich, tax-free, and get a beautiful girl? I'm, I'm going to get him. Let me get him. <laughs> right? Now, Eliab, his eldest, oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, why did you come down here, and with whom did you, have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. He's, he's picking on David, his little brother, and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. You're just being nosy. Watch verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? You see, Eliab thought that David had some ulterior motive for coming. People say, y'all just coming to church because you need them tithes to keep coming in. Is there not a cause? 
You just come in because you, you're trying, trying to prove a point. Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for us to come together and worship God? Is there not a reason for us to come together? Because if we don't come together, if we don't pray, if we don't cry to God, this whole world is in trouble. Because y'all ain't getting it done out there in the world. Y'all not crying out to God. Y'all waiting on the president and the CDC and the WHO and the who's who or what to tell you whatever when you can go back to church. No, we're going to put the devil to flight. They don't have that authority. We have that authority. Ask your neighbor, is there not a cause? Why you came today? Because there's a cause. There's a cause. There's a reason why I keep coming. There's a reason why we couldn't shut these doors. There's a reason why I got to preach. There's a reason why you got to teach. There's a reason why you have to give your testimony. There's a reason why you got to share the gospel. Tell your neighbor, there is a cause. You cannot be silent. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to take you somewhere here. Good God. Because I want you to see this. There's a reason why you got to keep doing what you're doing. Why y'all want to start a church? Is there not a cause? Don't we have enough churches in St. Pete? Where they at now? Where they at? 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 Where the churches at? Where they at? What, 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 what they doing? What they doing? What they doing? The biggest and the best all shut down. They forgot the cause. When people were going through civil rights movement and were facing bombings, they kept going. You know why? Because there was a cause. Even Dr. Dr. King, Reverend Dr. King said, I may not get there with you. Oh, my God. So he understood the cause was more than just his personal liberty, his personal freedom, his personal redemption. But there will be children born in 2020, children who will be here today that need to have the results of his cause. So what happens if people don't stand for righteousness? What happens if people don't stand for, for God, for the kingdom of God? What will the next generation do if we don't stand? What happens to the next generation if we don't stand for God? And that when we see religion, religion superstition, idolatry going on, we just shut up. See, because the world wants nothing more than to shut the church up and shut the church down. Don't say anything about what we do. Don't say anything about our practices. But I'm going to tell you, there's a cause. Y'all got it? Now, what's the biggest reason why we cannot be silent? Is this. Because people's lives and eternities are at stake. Because people's lives and eternities are at stake. People's lives are at stake. See, and I want you 
And every one of us to see beyond ourselves. Thank God I've been born again. That's how we say been born again. Thank God I'm already saved. Thank God I'm on my way to heaven. But there are millions of people all around us who are hell bound right now. Y'all don't even believe that. There are people who are on their way to a devil's hell now. And there are people who are among us, even their church folk, or they have been, they have been church folk. They are religious folk. They are spiritual folk. And they are drifting, drifting, drifting from the landmarks that God has set. And they are drifting over into idolatry, drifting over into serving false gods drifting over into things of darkness and they will be trapped and be so far they can't get back. And the devil wants nothing more than to make us shut up and don't say anything. In fact, I hope I'm challenging some of you because some of you have witnessed other people, people you know and you know they've gotten some other stuff and you just say, I can't say nothing about that. I'm going to just look straight ahead. Look at Acts 17. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. The Bible talks about that in Proverbs, that when you see someone drifting, you know they're on the way to the slaughter, and you don't say anything, and you say, I didn't know. The Bible said, doesn't God know your heart? God knows you did know. You did watch them. You did notice the changes. You did notice the subtleties. You did notice the little different kind of talk they were having. You did notice they were starting to use terminology that you, wait, wait a minute, where did you get that terminology from? Well, you're talking about energy. We're talking about balance. When, 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 when do we start talking like that in, 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 in the faith? See, we start seeing that and don't say anything because it's none of my business. And the Bible says, when you see that and don't say anything and say, well, I didn't know, he said, doesn't the one who tests the heart and judge the heart, doesn't he know? Remember this question that Cain had for God, when God went looking for Abel, God knew where he was. And, he, and Cain asked this question, am I my brother's keeper? And the, the real answer is yes. The Bible says, put up Galatians chapter 6 verse 1, I'm just, I, I'll get back to Acts 17. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass. You who are, Spirit. you who are, Spirit. restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted to get out there and start doing what they do. See, and look what the devil's doing. The devil's making idolatry so attractive because he has the stars doing it. The famous people, their Instagram and their Periscope and their Facebook and their, you know, YouTube Live. Classrooms are integrating yoga. Now pastors 
in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are now pushing yoga and meditation. They're not talking about meditating on the word of God. They're not talking about that. They're finding their energy, their inner peace, their balance, zen, in the church. And because they have very large platforms, then the sheep say, well, it must be okay because so-and-so, so-and-so is doing that. And look how God is blessing their church. God's not blessing their church. The devil knows how to push his people up. And no, I'm not saying they're, they're the devil's people. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But the devil knows how to push his agenda forward. Are y'all with me on this? Are you in Acts 17? Let me see. Let me see your Bible. Are you in Acts 17, Chris? All right. Because sometimes people say, yeah, Barbara, they just still be pushing the pages. So Acts 17, glory to God. All right, we're doing all right on time. I got a, got a few minutes here. Acts 17, verse 16. Now, in Acts 17, Paul, he's on a, on a journey through Greece. You ever, you ever heard of Greece? G-R-E-E-C. I don't mean the stuff you fry your chicken with. I'm talking about G-R-E-E-C, the country, TJ. They think about chicken. Greece, the country that exists to this day. This is where Paul was in Acts 17. Now, while Paul waited for them, he's waiting for uh, Timothy and Silas, who are his uh, ministry partners, his associates in ministry. While he was waiting for them in Athens, y'all ever heard of Athens? Yeah. We had the Olympics there, I think, 2004. 2004, the Olympics were in Athens, Greece. Okay? While he waited for them in Athens, watch this. His spirit was provoked within him. when he saw that the city was given over to idols. His spirit was provoked in him. In other words, he's sitting there waiting, and we don't know how long he waited, but we know that while he's waiting there, he's going around, he's going to get something to eat, you know, going down, walk by the water, whatever, and as he's looking around, he's like, what is, have any of y'all ever been in an atmosphere, an environment that you just begin to feel like, What is this? You walk in like, uh, no, I'm going to. What's happening? Your spirit man. See, the Bible talks about those of us who are mature, who are eaters of meat, talking about the meat of the word of God, who have our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you get to a point where you know the word of God and you walk with God so closely that even your senses, you just, uh-uh. You, you, get, you get that thing, something, you know, your skin's like, what is that? Something's in here. Does that happen to anybody? That's, that's, uh, that's your soul warning you. You got it? Your spirit warning, rather, I'm sorry. Now, so here's Paul there, and the Bible says he's provoked. His spirit is provoked. And I told you, unless you're spiritually dull or spiritually dead, you ought to be stirred. 
King James used the word stirred, right? His spirit was stirred. That word stirred in the Greek, I'm not giving you the Greek word, but let me just give you what it, what it means here. It means irritated or aroused to anger. So he walks in this idolatrous environment. That's how I feel when I, I look up on the television and it's pastors preaching in their colors. You know what I mean by colors? They frat colors and, you know, all this, these secret societies, they preaching and all that stuff and all that. I'm, I mean, I, I get angry. They're like, okay, just turn it. That's how you fix it. I just turn it. Because I, how? What's happened that we're that spiritually dull and dead that this doesn't bother us? <laughs> now, I'm, I'm messing with some of y'all now because I'm looking at some of y'all faces. You're like, this don't bother me? <laughs> I'm telling you why. You are either spiritually dead, and I hope to think you're not spiritually dead, or you're spiritually dull. Which means you're not sensitive to the things of God. If it doesn't bother you, the Spirit of God lives inside you, right? And if it doesn't bother you when you see Antichrist spirits in operation, something is wrong. And my job this morning is to stir up the church, to awaken the church to where it bothers us enough that we not only get bothered, but we say something. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. I don't know about that, Pastor. Wait, now don't leave yet. They were, he was provoked or irritated or aroused to anger. Now, Laquana, I don't get angry at the people. I'm angry at the spirit. I'm angry at the fact that they're being deceived by Satan. I'm angry that Satan has done such a wonderful, masterful job of keeping them in darkness. And I want them to be free so bad. But if we don't say anything, if we don't call it out. I don't know many pastors, now I'm not, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, trust me. But I don't know many pastors who will speak out against idolatry the way we've had in the, over the last year. Because it's become so prevalent in the church that nobody wants to even bother with it. And yet, what one of the things... Do you know the first commandment God gave, the first commandment? If you read Exodus 20, God's first commandment, is you shall have and serve no other gods. That's the very first commandment he even rattled out of his mouth. That, and that, that's why. So in, in modern grace teaching, they got to make us get rid of the commandments. Get rid of the Ten Commandments because commandment number one is don't you have any other gods before me. Don't you serve any other gods. Exodus chapter 20. And those his. That's the big ten that we've heard famous preachers telling us, get rid of the Big Ten. If I call preachers' names, you know them. You probably have their books and tapes right now. In fact, I, I have some of their books and tapes. 
and said, get rid of the, the Big Ten. Well, if I get rid of the Big Ten, then I lose, thou shalt not have any other God before me. So now, yeah, now I'm dull to idolatry. Let me keep going here. Now, you in Acts 17, right? Let me read it again. Now, while Paul waited for them at, at, at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over. Idol worship had just taken over the city. It was given over to it. Now, we don't know whether at some point the city served God. That, that's not, I don't think that's what it's implying. I think the fact that it had now taken over the city. It wasn't just a little bit of idolatry. It's taken over the city. The city's given over to it. You understand? Now, watch this. Watch how Paul responds in this. Watch this. Therefore, he walked away left and said, well, it's free country. See, that's our problem in America is that we have this mindset even in the church. Well, it's a free country. People have the freedom to do whatever they want to do. That's our mindset, which is it's right. It's a right thing. People have the right by nation's law to do whatever they wanted to do. But, you know, after you stop being American, that means when you die, you know, you don't go to a heaven and there's an American heaven and a... There's still a heaven to gain and a hell to lose, a hell to shun, to stay away from. And we're going to see this here, maybe not today, but it's, it's in there at the end of what we read today that everybody's going to be judged. And you're not going to be judged based on the Constitution. You're not going to be judged based on the Bill of Rights. You're going to be based on Jesus. What did you do with Jesus? Did you serve Jesus exclusively? So although my neighbor, although my uh, fellow church member might have the right to serve or worship how they want to worship. I need to be at least loving enough. No, you in a business. No, I'm loving enough. No, you meddling. No, I'm loving. I'm not meddling. I'm loving enough to say, hey, man, hey, sis, you can't do that. Because you're in dangerous territory that if you don't get out of there real quick, fast, and in a hurry, you're going to be on a slippery slide to hell. Remember them things we used to be on the, what's the thing, slippery slide, put the water on there, you couldn't even catch a foot. You just, that's what the devil's doing, putting everybody on a slippery slide to hell. <laughs> it's just water on the slide. Ain't no water, ain't no water at the end of the slide. So, look at verse 17. Because here's the question, Deke. When I see it, do I just shut up and keep moving? Notice what it says. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue. In the synagogue, 
Yeah, it says, therefore. Therefore, which means in the synagogue he was reasoning because of what he saw in verse 16. So that means this idolatry was in the synagogue too. Not church folk. Yeah, church folk in the synagogue and with the Gentile worshipers. Here it is. Now the synagogue, these Jews, they had, they had, had begun to serve Jesus. But we were called messianic. These Gentile worshipers, they're worshiping Jesus. They've learned of the way. Paul's been preaching there. But all of a sudden, you notice Remember the children of Israel? It said they started serving the gods of those around them. And so if you don't keep up a spiritual barrier around your life, other um, idolatrous worship will enter into your life before you know you're doing idolatrous things and like, I don't know, I'm doing this. Superstition. Superstition. How many Christians? I gotta eat black eyed peas on New Year. How many of y'all know about that? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. New Year's Day, you got to have black eyed peas. You got to have a man cross my threshold before anybody else cross my threshold. Got a man walk across my threshold. Right? You don't, you don't, you don't walk on no ladder and you don't look in no you know, uh, mirror and you don't let no pregnant woman do your hair and all this kind of stuff. Don't let nobody sweep your feet when you're in the barbershop. I remember one time, oh my goodness, I grew up in the barbershop. My father was a barber, my brother, my uncles, everybody was a barber. I, I'm in a barbering family. I was a bar barber myself 13 years. Remember when I was a kid, though, I was in the barbershop, and our job was to sweep the hair all day long. You just sweep hair all day long. That's our job. And one day I made a mistake and swept this man's feet. I'm a little kid. I don't know what's going on. Hey, 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 what, 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 what? Sweep my feet, boy. I'm sorry, sir. I don't even know why they spent, well, because you sweep a man's feet, he going to go to jail. No, you do the crime, you're going to do the time. <laughs> don't do it. Now, y'all laughing, but watch this, watch this. So he's reasoning, watch this, watch this now. He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers. And watch this, watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, Tony, watch this, watch this, Tony, watch this, Tony, this for you. And in the marketplace. Daily. Now, everybody knows in public you do not bring up religion. Isn't that what we've been trained on? In the marketplace, in the public, you, you do not discuss religion? Of course the devil wants you to, say, to do that. Of course the devil wants you to make sure when you're out in public, just keep your religion within the four walls of your church. Don't you discuss that outside the church. Go to church, do your thing. We don't mind. Do your thing, do your thing. But when you come out here, when you come to work, don't talk about it. When you come to the ball field, don't talk about it. When you go to the mall, don't talk about it. When you're in public, don't talk about it. Don't bring religion. Don't discuss religion. Why? Because it's going to be a fight. Let there be a fight. There is a cause. 
There's a cause. There's a cause. I can't watch you on a collision course to hell and not bring up religion. Now, I pray that the same boldness that Paul had comes upon every one of us this day. That even in the marketplace, we're not afraid to bring up something that we know is right. It said, even in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. <laughs> Can you give me um, uh, media? Give me verse 17 in the CEV. I'm going to quit here in a minute. I'm out of time. Oh, God. Oh, God. Give me verse 17 in the contemporary English version, CEV. Watch how it reads here. I, I think it's very interesting. It says, he went to the synagogue to speak to the Jews and to anyone who worshiped with them. Day after day, he also spoke to everyone he met in the market. Why? Now, we don't know whether everybody there had an idol worship, you know, tattoo or something like that. They were wearing, you know, I'm a, I worship Baal on their chest. And like, we don't know, but he just, I don't, I don't care. The whole city giving all our dollars, I'm going to talk to everybody about Jesus. Until everybody know about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Where's the bread? Do you know Jesus? <laughs> Do you serve the most high God? Huh? I mean, that's the kind of boldness Paul had that I just prayed that comes on every one of us because people in the world do not know Jesus. I remember growing up as a kid that it was, it was rare to hear somebody who did not know Jesus or did not go to church. But now it's most, most rare to find somebody. Think about it when you left home this morning. How many of your neighbors were leaving home? Well, it's just because of COVID. Go back three months ago. Go back three months ago when you were leaving home to go to church on a Sunday. How many of your neighbors were leaving home? None of them. You know why? Because now we've been trained. Don't bring it up. That's a demonic, that's a doctrine of demons. Don't bring it up. You can't discuss religion in public. Why? You're going to get in an argument. Okay. Okay. See, what's happening is people are being left under the power of darkness. At least your own family, ladies and gentlemen. Well, my cousin, boy, he don't go on all of some other stuff now. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You better figure out how to talk to cousin in a, in a cuzzo. I heard Dr. Rodney Howard Brown put it this way. There's a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned. All right, let me, let me, let me break. Let me find somewhere to break off from here. So verse 17 again. He discussed it. He reasoned in the synagogue with the Gentiles and the Jews and in the marketplace with those who happen to be there daily, day by day, those who came in, there, in the place. But we've been trained, again, don't discuss, don't discuss religion in public. We've been trained. It's a free country. It's a free country. Now, I got news for you. Here, Greece was a free country, too. They were under the Roman, uh, sorry, the Grecian Empire, right? But they 
they sat, in fact, let me show you one verse. Verse 21. Verse 21, same chapter. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. In other words, they were free to find out anything. They were, they were open. They were open-minded. Isn't that one of the things people say today? Be open-minded. You Christians are too closed-minded. You got that right. You got that right. I serve Jesus Christ exclusively. No, we cannot coexist. We cannot coexist. I found out this past week what coexist really means. They don't just mean we all get along. They, they, what they mean is when you coexist that you actually can worship all, everything. So when you see them little bumper stickers, coexist, you say, that's great. I think I should get me one of those. No, I don't get one of those. What they mean is you can be Buddhist and Hindu and, is, and Muslim and Christian and, and, and spiritual Christian science, Scientologist, Root Lady. Y'all know about the Root Lady? My dad, my dad used to talk about a two-headed man. He used to be around there. Knock his socket coming out there. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. I'll, I'll pick this up Sunday, uh, Wednesday, I guess. We're going to baptize Wednesday. We're going to baptize this coming Wednesday night. So if you ain't signed up, sign up now and be baptized. Go on the website and sign up and say, I want to be baptized Wednesday night. You can't do that socially distancing. You can't do that from home. <laughs> you got to actually be here to actually get baptized. <laughs> I mean, so come on and be baptized. So I'll deal with this Wednesday night. But let me, let me close here. Let me close here. The Grecians were free, just like Americans are today. But Paul, he wasn't concerned about their religious liberties. He's actually concerned about their religious bondage. See, in America, we talk about we have religious liberty. But what they're calling religious liberty is actually religious bondage. The Bible says you and I have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, right? So they're in bondage when they're serving idols or when they're getting into all kind of, you know, people doing incantations and spells and, you know, chanting. Chanting. See, I see all this stuff on TV and I'm like, what are the people doing? We were watching this thing the other day. This lady, she was, uh, this lady, she had, I don't know say what, well, she's a black lady. She had built this little tiny house. I thought, well, that's nice. First of all, you, that's already wrong. <laughs> it's already wrong when you built a tiny house. I'm talking about a big God and you're going to build a tiny house. So, so she finished this house. It was beautiful, this little thing. And finished, and she said, hold on a second, let me, so she pulled out some little, uh, well, I don't know what it was. She didn't say, sage, okay. She had a little altar built, and she just doing something like, what the, what is that? Click. I, wh 
we, one, time, one time our kids, they were watching, uh, John, they all watching, what's this TV show? What's the little, the, the show is on though, it's a little cartoon. He know what it is, he just gonna say nothing. My son, my son behind the camera. Um, they had a little frog on there, a frog in the pond, and the frog was sitting there, legs crossed, meditating. Doing, I said, oh no, 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 you can't watch that no more. That's so Raven. Disney everything. Charm. See, what's happened is it's been it's been comical. It's been entertaining and it's been dulling our sensitivity to the occult, to idolatry. And many times parents have thought, well, it's just, it's Disney. See, when I grew up, we couldn't even watch the Smurfs. First of all, it's wrong. How are you going to have this one little girl live in a village full of dudes? It was already wrong right there. That was already wrong, something. But then they do all, all the little magic stuff. We're like, no, 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 we can't watch that. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Huh? Oh, there's a whole curriculum in the school system for that? Why would Harry Potter be in the school system now? It's to desensitize you to the occult and idolatry. Pokemon. I'm just telling you this stuff. These things back back in the, I remember when I was in middle school, Dungeons and Dragons was a thing. Now, some people may be like, but that's just nothing, it's just nothing, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right, I said I was getting ready to close, so let me do that. Let me keep my word to you. Let me, let me read one verse. I'm going to read one verse and I'll quit. Can some of y'all come Wednesday and feel y'all? Yeah. If I can just get a handful of y'all come Wednesday, I'll, I'll finish it out. Verse 22. Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, that's what we call Mars Hill. You ever heard us talk, preach about Mars Hill? Paul's on Mars Hill, is the Areopagus. And said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. He said, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Now, if you have a King James Bible, 
it uses the word superstitious. Very superstitious. <laughs> writing on the wall. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, where's Stevie get this from? Oh, it's here. You're too superstitious. And what he's saying is, every religion is man's superstition. There's no reality to it. There's no substance to it whatsoever. How many of y'all know if you walk under a ladder, nothing's going to happen? How many of y'all know if a black cat walks across your path, nothing's going to happen? How many of y'all have, have ever broken a mirror? Okay, nothing happens. Step on a crack, break your mama's back. Too late. Right? But, but religion itself is superstitious. If you don't know God through the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself, you're only involved in superstition. You're doing what's your attempt. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't even think about that. In, in the book of First, uh, first Kings, uh, chapter 18, I believe it was, where, where Elijah dealt with the prophets of Baal, Jezebel's prophets. And they begin to cut, to, right, that showdown? They begin to cry out to their God. They started cutting themselves. Why? They're superstitious. If we cut ourselves, he will hear us. If we cry out loud enough, he will hear us. Was it 1 Kings 18, 28? 1 Kings 18, 28. Y'all back there media, y'all woke up? 1 Kings 18, 28. So they cried. I didn't know if they went to sleep on me. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, and as was their custom. You see that? As was their custom. Every idolatrous worship or action has you in some mode of self-destruction. Because it's what you must do to reach God. Whereas with us, it's what God did to reach us. Jesus was cut. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was pierced for him to reach us. But everything out there that's false, the superstition, it's what you do to reach God. So now in the midst of the church, we have people who, they're superstitious. They come to church on Sunday, but at home they got rocks set up. At home they have candles set up in positions. Zen gardens. All kind of statues. I'm just telling you, what I know is going on in the church. And if everyone would just stay silent, it'll wax worse and worse and worse. 
until people are given over to it. So now Jesus has become slim to nothing. Because what the devil does is he, he just gets you to mix in. Just, just mix in this with your Jesus. This will, this will enhance. That's why we got to be careful even in our praise and worship. See, we get into the praise and worship, now we got to add smoke and fire. Now, y'all, see, see I'm, y'all, y'all may think I'm joking, but I'm serious. Well, now you got you to you enhance it with smoke and fire? You're trying, you're trying to fake glory. You're trying to fake anointing. You're, trying to, you're, trying to, you're bringing in something of yourself manufactured. And see, God didn't want us to do that. God called that strange fire. Okay, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, we cannot be silent. We got to stand up. We got to speak up. Don't shut up. Tell somebody about Jesus. He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. Jesus only. Come on, shout it. Jesus only. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I trust that you make, make a decision today to serve Jesus only. <laughs> I'll pick it up Wednesday night. I'm going to show you some things about God, how you can tell between the real God and all the fakes. It's right there in the text. Right in the text. But we cannot be silent. Put on a mask. Why? So you can't say nothing. (laughs) Say nothing about our seance. Say nothing about my rabbit foot. That's old school stuff. They They still doing rabbit feet? Oh. The kids' school store sell them? Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Get them from the bookstore. A little rabbit's foot. Good luck. What's your sign? Oh, I see. I just, I just bowled down somebody's alley just then. I bowled down somebody's alley. Strike. What's your sign? That's superstitious. My sign is an empty tomb. That's my sign. Jesus Christ, him crucified, him raised again from the dead on the third day morning. That's my sign. If you find yourself reading your horoscope, you are in idolatry. Judging everything by whether you're a Sagittarius, a Leo, a Scorpio, a Virgo, and all that kind of Leo junk. You are in idolatry, baby. And that's why you're still struggling. 
Because you can't, you can't serve two masters. You can't try to work two kingdoms. You're trying to work two different kingdoms. You're trying to work two different systems. That don't work. That don't work. Praise God. I'm done ministering the word for the day. I'm better play something, man, because they're going to... Hallelujah. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning. Everyone stand to your feet. Though no one joins me, yet still I'll follow. Still I will follow. Still I No turning back. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind, no turning back, no turn, oh, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. I serve Jesus Christ exclusively. I don't need anything else to add to Jesus. No other God. No idols. No superstition. No religion. No thing do I need beside Jesus. He said in John 14 verse 6, I am the, definite article, the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Today, if you're in this room and you've been trying some other way and it hasn't been working, there's a reason why.
because it can't work. Everything else but Jesus Christ is designed to keep you in bondage. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you come into liberty. The Bible says, whom the Son, Jesus Christ, sets free, he is free indeed. And I can attest that it was 31 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ set me free from the bondage of sin, the bondage of Satan, the bondage of the curse, that's out there still. But he set me free, and I will never look back. I will never look back. If you're in this room today and you're not born again, I'm going to give you the chance to be born again today. I'm going to give you the chance to be born again. To know Jesus Christ for yourself. To serve him exclusively. You know, every girl will tell you this. If some guy wants to date them, but they're not going to be exclusive, most girls would have, would have some sort of dignity. I'm going to say, no, no, bro. No, you keep going until you decide it's just me. I hope I'm right about that, right? Hope all my girls in here, you're going to tell me, yeah, Pastor, you're right about that. Y'all better say something. The joy that comes from exclusivity, the peace that comes from exclusivity is unparalleled. In other words, when you and Jesus are one-on-one -on -one and you serve him and him only, blessings and peace will flow into your life. So if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I've, I've not made that decision ever before to be exclusively for Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. So wherever you are, whoever you are, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'll pray for you today. You're going to say, I want to serve him exclusively today. I want to serve him and him alone today. Now, along with this prayer, along with this prayer, I want to also pray for somebody in this room today who you've been dibble-dabbling. What do you mean, Pastor? You've been doing the Jesus thing, but you've been doing other things too. You've, you've, okay, I had a little bit of this over here, a little bit of that over there. I, you know, they told me the meditation was all right and the yoga was all right and this all. And I've seen pastors doing it. I've seen stars doing it. I've seen athletes doing it. And, you know, they say you do yoga for your, for your fitness and everything. And I've gotten all, all that kind of stuff. See, you got to get out of that now. You got to get out of it now. So let this message today not just be entertaining, but be a warning to you. You better get out of it now. The Bible says the day is appointed. We didn't get to it. I'll deal with the Wednesday night. That everyone will be judged by Jesus. So if you're in that case, whether you want to get born again, or whether you say, hey, I need to get out of some stuff, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye, every eye closed. We're going to pray here in a minute. We're going to pray. But if I'm talking to you and you meet, you're in one of those two categories, either to get born again or to say, I want to renounce some things that I've been involved in, just slip your hand in the air. I want, you, I want to know who I'm praying for anybody. Anybody in this place today. I want to make sure 
Man, woman, boy, or girl, I don't care. Parents, if your children have been involved in that stuff through school, don't just write it off. They've been doing yoga in second grade class. Don't just write it off like, well, that's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. They've opened the door to satanic influence and involvement. And if you don't shut that door, they'll be given over. So that's one more time. Just one more time. Anybody today fit in that category, those categories? All right? If not, let me just pray in general for you then. Father, today I pray for each person in this room. I have done as you've led me to do and you've asked me to do. And Father, I pray that each person today uh, makes a real analysis of themselves and makes sure that in every one of our lives that, Lord, we're exclusive for you, Jesus that we obey exactly what your command is, that we should worship the Lord our God and him only shall we serve, that we will not allow the devil to tempt us to obey him in any way, to follow anything, follow his voice in any way, that God, and I even pray right now, Father, that you right now show your people how to renounce Every hidden work of dishonesty, that's what the Bible calls it, every hidden work of dishonesty, that God, we renounce those works. Anything we've dabbled in, anything we've dibbled in, anything that we've gotten over into, anything we've crossed over into, any traditions of our uh, forefathers that were not of God, we get out of that darkness. We get rid of all those things that people say come from our ancestors. No, Lord. No, Lord. You've shown us a more excellent way. You've shown us the light. We walk in the light of your word. We walk in the light of your truth. We renounce every hidden work of dishonesty. We renounce every work of darkness. We renounce everything we've done. We renounce every path we've taken, every step we've, we've made, Lord. In darkness, we, we ask you to forgive us for, for even entertaining thoughts, even entertaining ideas, even entertaining videos, even entertaining music and songs and things, Lord, books that have been to introduce darkness into our lives. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us, and we ask you, to, Lord, to not only that, to cover our children. God, truthfully, we don't know what all they've been exposed to. We don't know what all they've been exposed to. We don't know all that's been involved in that hidden agenda from the enemy through television, through movies, through music, through the education system. God, and we ask you, Lord, that you would override every demonic doctrine. Your words as Father, our children shall be taught by you, Lord, and great shall be the peace of our children. So we ask you, God, to unteach every demonic teaching, God, and then teach them by your spirit. So our children, Lord, are filled with the word of God, are filled with the word of God, are filled with the word of God. And God, we break every tie. We break every demonic tie. We break every demonic stronghold. We pull it down now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cast down every imagination. We bring every thought into captivity 
to the obedience of Christ. We set up a shield around our families. We set up a shield around this ministry. We set up a shield around this regional God. This region will not be given over to idolatry. This region, this nation will not be given over to idolatry. We declare this a Christian nation where we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Drive out every work of darkness off our shores. Drive off. Oh God, every false religion off our shores. In the name of Jesus, we thank you now for the greatest revival and the greatest outpouring we've ever known coming unto this nation, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, erupt by your spirit. In these last days, that that appointed day you've set for all men to be judged, by that time, people have heeded the, your command to repent and serve Jesus Christ exclusively. We thank you that it is so. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it all. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together, please, and give Father God a great hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.